This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. episode 338 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says, happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) I think you're all fucked in the head. We're 10 hours from that fucking fun park and you want to bail out? Well, I'll tell you something. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. We're going to have fun. And I'm going to have fun. And we're all going to have so much fucking fun, we're going to need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling zippity's doo out of your assholes. I must be crazy. I'm on a pilgrimage to see a moose. Praise Marty Moose. Nice. Did you watch it? No, but I was on vacation this week, so I thought I'd huh. drop a little, little, little the, the OG vacation, the original. Yeah. I know everybody loves Christmas vacation, but... I'm a big fan of the OG. I like the OG too. I think oh, it's yeah. good, but Christmas is good, man. Oh yeah, Christmas. I mean, it's a great Christmas movie. One of one of three acceptable Christmas movies, in my opinion. Okay. Because I mean, you got Die Hard, Christmas Vacation, and Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas. That's <laughs> yeah. it. I'll I'll give you Gremlins as an honorable mention. Yeah. That has yeah. To be true. Yeah. So. So how are you, sir? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. A little tired today. But nice. Did some Christmas shopping. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much to speak of. Yeah. Same here. I, I've been kind of laying low. I watch, watched a little TV this week. Nothing too big. I watched Tron Legacy. Oh, did you? Yeah. I love that movie. Oh, that's on here, huh? Yeah. I watched Tron too, but I watched them back to back. Like, I mean, Tron's a good movie. Yeah, it's a little batshit crazy, but like Tron Legacy is like really good. <laughs> like, it really bums me out that that didn't do well. And I mean, I mean, they're talking about rebooting it and maybe making it a series. I would love to see that story continue that they started in Legacy. Yeah, like I like to see where that that goes. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out I never will. Like, I hope they do something with the Tron intellectual property. Yeah, but. Man, I think Legacy is like a very underrated movie. I it's really good. Do. I thought it was real good. Yeah. But we're also Tron fans. Yeah. But I mean, like, even outside of that, like, I, I mean, I thought they told us, like, I, I, the hardest thing in the world to do is to do a sequel to a movie that's 30 some odd years old. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, I mean, there was a demand for it with people who were a fan of the original movie. But, like, for the most part, like, I mean, at this point, like, most people were like, Tron? What the fuck's that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same with Blade Runner. Like, at Blade Runner 2049, I, I was very nervous about it because it was, like, you know, so far away from the original movie. Like, how do you kind of sequelize that in a way? Right. 
And but I mean, with Tron Legacy, I thought they did a really good job of like telling an interesting story and you know create creating a world that's the same but a little bit different. And I thought it just really well done. Like I, I really like really enjoy that more than I think most people do. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I like I loved um Jeff uh Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges in it. Yeah. I did. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean he's he's fantastic in it. Yeah. You know. I like Jeff Bridges. I do too. Like I mean he's a fun actor. Yeah. You know. He got he's kinda gotten to a point where he's kinda like playing some sort of version of the dude at this point. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that's kind of what he does now. Yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, he was in that not very good R.I.P.D. Yeah. And even that was kind of, like, dude-ish. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's kind of, like, become, like, you know, I just kind of do the dude in different ways. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I the only thing he's actually, like, acted in was, um, oh, that remake of the John Wayne movie. True Grit. True Grit, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, I mean, that was a very good remake. Yeah, it was. You know. Remember him in Starman? Yeah. Hmm. Fabulous Baker Boys. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous Baker Boys was good. Yeah. I like Starman, then. It was one of my first, like, science Not first, but I liked it. It's just a really good movie. Yeah, that was... What's-her-name was in that? I don't know. I think it's Marion from frickin' Indiana Jones. Is yeah. she the female lead? I think so, yeah. Wasn't Margot Kidder. No, no, not Margot Kidder. Um I think it was Marion. Karen Allen, yeah. Karen Allen. Yeah. yeah, Karen Allen was in that. I like Karen Allen. It's a shame we haven't seen her in more things over the years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she's it is. a really good actress. Yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, it's like, you know. Her filmography, like her top, like the four, the four things she's known for is Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull, Starman, and um, Animal House. Yeah, Animal House. Yeah, yeah. And she's just a really good actress. Yeah, she is. Like looking over, we as we, as we give her career quick look over here, like I mean, she's been a working actress. It's just like in a bunch of shit, you just. You know, I mean, she did an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> you know, hasn't everybody? Yeah, <laughs> you know. But then she also did an episode of Law and Order SVU. Ooh. Yeah, as a completely different character. So, <laughs> but like you just like you look at her like filmography, and she just like she's been in stuff, but it's like mostly stuff that like. I mean, how can you forget she was in Scrooge? I almost forgot. Oh, about I forgot that. about Scrooge. Yeah, she was great in Scrooge. Yeah. Like, that was probably, like, her last really great. Yeah, she was great in Scrooge. Remember yeah. when they were in the apartment when they were young? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, the next, like she was in the TV movie about the Challenger. She played Christina McCullough. No. Oh. She was in Malcolm X. She played the mom in the Sandlot. So, I mean, like, you know, oddball things up until you get to Crystal Skull. She was good in Crystal Skull, though. Yeah. Oh, she was. Like, I mean, it was like great because it brought back that whimsy a little bit. Like, 
It's like she picked up where she left off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's, she was one of the highlights of Crystal Skull. Oh, for sure. In my opinion, oh, you yeah. know. And she's going to be in the next one, I'm sure. I would hope so. They have to. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, that... Well, she ain't listed to be in it. Ah, damn it. Yeah. They, they're going to kill her off. Well, I mean, hopefully they kill off. With Shia the woman LaBeouf. cancer. Yeah, with the woman cancer. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf can't take it. He lost He's not himself. In it. No, what? Please, it's Oakland. It was awful. That was. That really was. Uh. But the, her moments were shining. Yeah. In that film. And yeah. there were some indie moments that were good, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the sad part about that movie is, like, there are moments that, like, make you remember why you love Indiana Jones. Yeah. And then you get Shia LaBeouf swinging through the trees like Chewbacca. I can't stand it. Yeah. You know. They even put the Tarzan on, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was that was a deciding moment for me that pretty much ended the movie. I didn't yeah. really care what else came after that. But, like, the, the next thing that happens, though, is that, well, you have that fight scene... Around, like, you know, the, the fire ants. Yeah. Which I didn't care for all that much. Yeah. But then you have, like, the waterfall scene. The waterfall scene was very Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Like, that whole sequence, is like, man, that's very indie. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, after that, it kind of takes a turn for the worse. Yeah. You know? I didn't even mind the alien thing. I think they could have done better with it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get the mythology. I get where they were going with the crystal skull. I mean, yeah. I understood. You know, there's a whole mythos behind the crystal skulls and right. they're not human and the, the big head. And right. So where they were going with it, I got. Right. I, I mean, I got it. I right. mean, I understand. It's just once they get got there. Yeah. I want them to spend a little more time in the warehouse. Yeah. Because well, I thought that was one of the best parts of the movie. It was. It absolutely was. But like, the thing that kills you is... It was just a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. you Like, I don't want Indiana Jones and science fiction. Yeah, right. Like, even though I get it, it was the 50s and it makes sense. Like, Indy's at his best when he's dealing with, like... Artifact. Mi- mi- mytholo- mi- like, yeah, yeah. Like, religion and mythologies and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. And I get, like, I mean, you can even say, like, there was a religion and mythology around the Crystal Skulls and whatnot, but, like, at the end of it, it's, like, it's aliens, and, like, there was something better about, like, you know, the Cup of Christ and the, the you know, the Ark of the Covenant, and, I mean, even, like, with Temple of Doom, like, dealing with, like, you know, the mythology of India and, and Kalima and all that kind of stuff, that, that was much more interesting than, you know, <laughs> it's a it's an interdimensional spaceship, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> you know, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I get it. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I, that's what I like about Indiana Jones is like that was kind of like his realm. That was what he dealt with. Like you know. Yeah. So that that I think that's where I kind of my disappointment kind of comes into play. Is like it's fucking aliens. You know. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> I guess. They did look good, though. They did. Like, I mean, I had no problem with how it looked. I, I, you know, it, it was just, it was one of those things where, like, you know, one, it, it just, it wasn't a pursuit that I, like, wanted Indy to be involved with, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Yeah. Save that for Mulder. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. Mulder and Scully. Mm-hmm. 
All right, that's yeah, the show. Well, that's the show. It. I'll celebrate my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Going to Beamers. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. As you as you um spray the Windex on your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a pull. That was a pull. That was a pull. I love that old man. Yeah. Uh. That was a great movie. That was, yeah. Except for the saxophone player. It was a great movie. Yeah. Well, even I, 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 I'm, I have no problem with the saxophone player, but I know others. So, that's, that's, we got a good bit to talk about. And so, let's, let's start with Charlie's Angels. I don't know if you're aware of this, not, apparently many, many, not many people were. If there was a Charlie's Angels movie that came out a couple weeks ago or something. Yeah, I yeah. guess that bombed. Yeah, like $8 million first week box office. I believe that. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, like somebody who I have a great deal of, like, I'm not going to say respect for, but somebody who, whose work I enjoy a lot is Elizabeth Banks, and she directed this. Like, So she's, she's, she's somebody who's firmly responsible for, for this movie. And, like, looking at the trailers, even I was like, Oh man, this doesn't look good. Yeah, you know. She said, "Look, to have people buy tickets to this movie too, this movie has to make money. If it doesn't make money, it reinforces stereotypes in Hollywood that men don't go see women do action movies." Um, when when asked about like, well, what about movies like Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman? She stated, "They'll go see a comic book movie with a Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel because that's a male genre." So even though those movies are about women, they put them in the context of feeding the larger comic book world. So it's all about, yes, you're watching a Wonder Woman movie and we're setting up the three other characters or we're setting up Justice League. By the way, I'm happy those characters have box office success, but we need to have well, we need more women's voices supported with money because that's the power. The power is in the money. So She's basically saying that her movie tanked because we as men don't want to see movies with female action heroes. But yet, movies like Alita Battle Angel, Tomb Raider, The Hunger Games, and Bumblebee all made money with female leads. Yeah. Especially Hunger Games. And then if you go back a little further, you know... (laughs) Drew Barrymore, she was in charge of those first two Charlie's Angels movies, and they did bank as well. Yeah. Like, so, I don't feel like your your argument holds water. I think you just made a bad movie. Yeah. There you go. And all honesty, like, I, I, you know, I get it. Like, you want to defend what you did, but don't blame it on men not wanting to see women in in these types of movies. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. No. I don't. I, no. There's been a shit ton of movies with, like we, we you just mentioned, with great female leads. Right, like, and that's just within the past few years. And Tomb Raider was a horrible film. But people loved it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it, There's parts of it that are bad. Yeah, Going I, back to look at it, I'm like, Ugh, how did I think this was so good? But I enjoy 
Jolie in it. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the Angelina Jolie ones. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the ones that came out just a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good, yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought you were talking about the Jolie one. No, those are bad. Wow, you really like that. No, 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 no. No. I didn't think that was good at all. No, those were bad movies. (laughs) Hey, it grossed, though. How how that got a sequel, I'll never know. You're (laughs) right. It grossed money, and so they made a sequel, but they didn't realize the first one was just bad, and people went to go see it anyway. Yeah. You know, but I mean, how how a sequel came out of that, I'll never know, because that first one was that fucking bad. The sequel was no better. No, it was worse. Yeah. Yeah, But, I mean, like... Yeah, that new Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, the new Tomb Raider, very good. Yeah. You know, so it's it's funny that, like, I I don't get how Elizabeth Banks can kind of, like, get on her high horse and say that when not only did men not come out and see your movie, neither did women. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, like, I mean, women will go see movies. They will go see movies that make make a ton of money, right? You know, but they didn't come out to see your movie, <laughs> right? You know, which I mean ha- has a, a a bankable premise. Like I can see why you made a Charlie's Angels movie, right? You know, the the TV show is well known. You just had like within the past twenty years, two highly successful movies based on the franchise. Sure, let's revive it, but. You made a bad movie. Why? It's. I I hate when like people decide they want they want to cast blame for their failures on something else. Yeah. Like there are times where they like there are people who have a legitimate gripe. You know, Paul Paul Feige or Figgy or Feig or whatever. How the guy the the guy who who made that Ghostbusters remake. Yeah. He has a legitimate complaint. People hated that movie before it, it was even made. Yeah, no, we liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not a great movie, and I don't think it's as, nearly as good as the, fir- the first two Ghostbusters movies. No, but it was good. It was it was watchable. I enjoyed myself. That, those were all female leads. Yeah. But, I mean, but it bombed. Isn't that weird? It bombed? Did you find that odd? No, I don't, because there was so much hatred towards that movie to begin with. <laughs> like... But he announced the cast, and people were like, fuck this movie. Fuck it in its ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to make you spadiddle there. Fuck it in its ass. Fuck it in its ass. Fuck you, Ghostbusters, and your ass. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's how people were. Like, they, they just announced the cast, and people were like, fuck this shit. Yeah. You know? I'm not seeing this. I mean, and that, I mean, so right off the bat, like before he even like put a single roll, a single piece of celluloid, he was already behind the eight ball. Yeah, I get that. Like it didn't help that the movie wasn't that great. I mean, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it when I watched it, but I'm glad I didn't pay for it either. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, but I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, go, when Ghostbusters 2020 comes out, I'll be right there in line. Yeah. But this movie, I wasn't going to go spend money to go see, but I'm glad I saw it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know there were I mean? some really good moments in there this were. movie. There were. Yeah. I mean, Kate McKinnon was phenomenal in that movie. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, it's, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, I, his complaint to me is valid because right before you even rolled film, people already hated that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, but nobody said anything like that about Charlie's Angels. <laughs> right. Everybody's like, boy, this trailer looks awful. 
Exactly. You know, that's what was said. The trailer was bad. That's what I was saying, too. Well, people were getting pissed off at me, too. And I was like, I don't even know why Kristen Stewart's in this movie. Yeah. And, like, they're like, well, she can really... No, she can't. No. She can't act her way out of a box. No. No, she's awful. She is. Yeah. Like, but, like, I... I, I get everything about what you tried to do. It's just you failed at it. Yeah. And for you to come out and say, well, we failed at it because men don't want to see movies like this. You're kind of wrong. You know, I'm sorry. We do want to see movies like this. Yeah. You know, I have no problem with a female-led action movie. I'll pay good money to see a good a good movie. Yeah, yeah. This was not that movie. <laughs> you know, and... That, that that nobody sat there and said, "Well, how dare you make a movie like this?" Everyone was just like, "It just looks bad." Right. There was no like. Yeah. Front. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't offend anybody's childhood. Pe- people weren't storming Fifty One. No. No, not at all. <laughs> no. It, you, you just made a dumpster fire of a movie. Yeah. You know, fess up to that and move on. Yeah. Make something else. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, you're hearing this from so many celebrities that, like, like they want to blame, like, comic book movies on, like, why other things are failing. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, make a good movie and people it, go see it. Exactly. Like, I mean, like, it all goes back to like, the whole Scorsese thing with, like, you know, him kind of, like, saying, like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. And, you know, other people. Like, I mean, that, that became, like, a story that wouldn't die. Yeah. Like, that went on for, like, a month of people just going back and forth. Like, famous people. Like, from, like, the comic book community, the comic book movie community, to, and, like, you know, Scorsese and his ilk. And we're all, like, you know, going back and forth about, like, fuck you and what you think. Like, the man said he just doesn't care for them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's all, that's all Scorsese ever said. That's all I ever took from him. He didn't offend me in any way, shape, or form. But people were pissed. Right, right. Including like people like 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 fucking Robert Downey Jr. and like all, all like all these Marvel guys were like, you know, don't fucking yell at us because we're making money, right? You know, <laughs> right? You know, and, but so but here's another person. Like I mean, like like fucking um, uh, what's your name? Uh, Rachel from Friends. Can't believe I can't think of her name. Oh, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Like she was like, yeah, I stopped making movies because they just don't make money for me unless I'm in a Marvel movie. That's why I went back to TV. Well, you made some shitty movies. Yeah. When's the last good movie you were in? Yeah, it was on Netflix and it was with Adam Sandler. Yeah. You know. And that wasn't even that good. Yeah. So I mean, like, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, you know, like sometimes I think people are like blaming their decisions. Right. And it's an easy thing to do. Like, well, our movie didn't make money because Marvel's pulling in billions. Well, there's plenty of money out there to be made. Just make a good fucking movie. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and, and don't yell at the guys that are making the comic book movies either. Yeah. They're just fucking working actors. I mean, this would be the equivalent of saying, like, in the 80s, like, yeah, my movie doesn't make any money because, you know, it's not a Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. No, you just made a bad movie. <laughs> right. You know? It's fucking Critters 3. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It's Critters fucking 3. Yeah. You want billions? Yeah. I mean, I'm you sorry. You do it. You're right. Your movie Tanker doesn't have Schwarzenegger, because Schwarzenegger couldn't fucking save this movie either. Yeah, there's Critters and there's E.T. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. You know There's a I mean? big difference. But, I mean, like, that, that's how it feels. And, I mean, like, I get, like, the 90s were, like, this renaissance period of, like, independent film rising to the top and, like, you know, it wasn't the, the time of the blockbuster per se. Like, yeah. the independent film kind of, in a way, ruled the 90s. But, like, since then, yes, we've moved on to tentpole movies again. Yeah. You know, that's what studios wanted, tentpole movies. But, like, because you're not a ten, making a tentpole movie and your movie costs $100 million to make and you pull in eight, doesn't mean it's, the like, the, the fault of the audience. It's yours. Right. You made a bad movie. Yeah. How often does a good movie not make money? Not very often. Right. Right. It's a rarity. Yeah, it's, it's rare. Yeah. Just make a good movie. And sometimes a bad movie will make money too. Like, don't get me wrong. Hobbs and Shaw. Did it make money? It made bank. Did it? Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's a Fast and Furious movie. It's got The Rock. It's got Statham. I mean, it had every... It, that looked like an awful movie, but it was looked like it was going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, it did not look like a good movie at all. But that made money. Yeah. Okay? Because it looked like a fun movie. And yes, I, I guess that now I'm enforcing the stereotype that Elizabeth Bank is throwing out there. Because <laughs> at the same time, but at the same time, your movie did not look like fun. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. Yeah, no. You know. There was no Cameron Diaz shaking her ass part. No. Just, just yeah, well, no. I mean, that's it's sexist. It, it, is, it is sexist, but still, but it's the truth. Like, I mean, look at who was in those. If you look at you, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and, and, and fucking Drew Barrymore. Two to three are America's sweethearts. Yeah. And you got Lucy Liu, mm-hmm. who, you know, is Lucy Liu. That, I mean, that, that's, that's a recipe for success. Right. You gave me fucking... Kristen Stewart and two other women I don't even know their names of. Yeah. You know, and, like, that's the selling point of this. Right. You know, so first off, you, you've already lost me with, with Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Like, as much as I love you, Elizabeth Banks, I think you're a phenomenal talent. You are not enough to pull me into a Kristen Stewart movie. No. No. I'll watch it when it comes on HBO, and I'll probably tell you then, it was a bad fucking movie. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I hear you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, I did watch a uh, show this week on Netflix. Oh, okay. It's um something like The Toys We Came From. Or... Oh, yeah. That's like his third season just came out. Yeah. yeah. I, get, I didn't even know there were seasons. Yeah. Well, I watched the Star Wars one, which yeah. I found very interesting. It was, uh, that was a good watch, yeah. Yeah, and then I watched the He-Man one, which yeah. was even more interesting. Yeah. not I mean, not more, just because I'm so invested in Star Wars, but... Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. Man, Tanner pulled some shit, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, they made so much money. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, it's, like, ridiculous. Like, you and you look at, like... I mean, they, what, Lucas got a nickel. Of, of every toy they sold, yeah. Lucas got a nickel from Yeah. Well, which was still millions of dollars. Yeah, but... Yeah. Kenner was like... Rolling in it. Fucking rolling bathing in it. Bathing in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just thought it was interesting. <clears throat> the whole concept, like, I just everything. Was, I just assumed in like 1981, Kenner just had a Scrooge McDuck-like vault. 
that they would just bring people to go swimming in the money in. <laughs> they had to. They had. You know, like it was like this Scrooge McDuck like, you know, just vaulted. You want to go swimming in a few hundred dollars, a few hundred million dollars? Come yeah. on, come on. Yeah. Let me but, take you to the pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, it, much money. It was it was a very interesting watch. Like and like, and how they did everything and got it was like really well done. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Really good. Yeah, it was uh, the series is called the Toys That Made Us. Yeah, the the Toys That Made Us. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, they do they do a really good job with others. Like I, they do a whole. There's one in there that's very interesting about Star Trek toys. I didn't see that one yet. I'll watch it. But that, what's but what's interesting about that one is like how badly they fail. Yeah. Because I mean, you think about it, like, is there such a thing as a Star Trek collectible toy? Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. there's not. But like, but that's what's interesting is like you know, it's coming off the success of Star Wars, like people thought like, well, we can do something with this. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it was it, it was very interesting. Like you know, the GI Joe one's very interesting as well. I they do some good stuff there. I I I want to sit down. I need to watch season three. Yeah. It was it was a good the episodes that I saw was yeah. good the He Man one was good yeah you saw that one yeah oh that was good yeah I want to see He Man cartoons like I want to read the comic that was in, that that original comic yeah I'd like to read that yeah because it was setting He Man more up like Conan the Barbarian and like right. Skeletor was like just the true face of evil and right yeah like I that was like yeah. Mm. That's like really, really interesting to me. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Like it's it's like interesting how that mythology evolved to to the cartoon that we know, which was bad. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. But it's like it's funny that way. Like Fisto. When there was also there's a great like documentary. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. But it was all about like I mean it even goes into like the um the He Man like all the later into the He Man toys like mm. but it covers like the movie. Was involved with the movie and everything. Like it's it's a really good documentary, um, but yeah, the, the toys that made us they, they they're, they're always good. It was yeah. good, impressive. So yeah, I highly suggest that to anybody that's out there. Oh yeah, I do too. It. I do as well. So we, we got some some fun news from the world of Trek. I saw this. Yeah. Um, you know, Star Trek Four is now a go. Um, they they apparently they're they're bringing back uh, Chris Pine is returning, um, and Noah Hawley um, is going to be the director. Um, for those who don't know, like Noah Hawley, he was the guy behind um, the FX show Legion. Okay. Um, Simon so, Pegg writing it. Uh, that I don't know. Just curious. If yeah. Was. But I, I think the thing I find interesting here is okay, like they're they're bringing back this cast for another go around. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and at this point, I'm I should have had this information available. They should have already had three more movies made. <laughs> Just yeah, 2016 was when Star Trek Beyond came out. Mm-hmm. Right, so at this point, it's been three years since the last Star Trek movie. And you're probably talking about two more before they get to the next one. Yeah. So five years between movies. Do you... like? It's too long. 
I, dude, like with this cast, like this, since this isn't the original cast, like you could probably get away with this with the original cast, like this much time between movies. But no, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I just think it's too long of a period of time. Okay. The difference between these movies and the old ones were, to me, is, I mean, these guys are all young. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're yeah. into it. They're right. in the thick of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is new. Mm-hmm. As with, you know, you know, Star Trek Four. I mean, Scotty needed a goddamn walker. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. to get around. I mean, that's a joke. But I mean, like, right. um, that's the thing. It's like, those guys have been around so long. Yeah, Kirk was on his fourth toupee. <laughs> oh, at least. <laughs> that was a bad toupee in that movie. I mean, I've seen some bad ones, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was bad. He looked like a action figure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's too long. I, I think it's too long between movies. Right. But I don't, have, I don't think it has anything to do with the characters. Like, I like the characters. Right, I, I like the characters, too. But I, I don't think they should change any of the characters. Okay. But the, those like, I, characters I, will never be in a series. Yeah. That's the that's the flip side of it, right? Like those characters are only going to be in a Star Trek film. Well, I mean, like you had you had Spock on Discovery. You're never going to get a Star Trek, <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna Enterprise get show with those people, right? I get that ever, yeah. I get that ever, yeah. The names are too big, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? I get what you're saying. Um, and that's the that's the flip side to it, right? I mean. So that's the that's the down draw, I guess. But you know, just keep making movies with him. <laughs> I watch Chris fucking Pine in anything. Well, so what? Like, I mean, it's what we've discussed. That like, why isn't Chris Pine a bigger actor? Yeah. Like, what you know? But like, it's just it's like this weird thing of like, like I, I just I I wonder like the the average movie going audience. Like, you, you don't hear it. You have your hardcore track audience. Many of whom hate these movies, but because they don't like fun. But like, it, like your average movie-going audience, like, it, is that too long of a time period where they're going to be like, "Why do I care about these characters again?" Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I wonder about that with like this this length of time. Um, but I also wonder, like, could they do? A movie about a whole entirely different ship and a whole new cast. Uh, maybe I, I don't know. Like I mean, we've seen I mean, it with Discovery. This, but I get it. It's a TV show and it's completely different. But like Discovery is a completely different thing. And I mean, and, and starting with TV shows. I mean, did it? I mean, <laughs> I know you can say like you did it with TV shows before that even. With like Voyager, deep space, deep space mind, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, crap. yeah, you could talk about that. But like, there's a part of me that's like, I wonder if you could do that with a movie. Like, you say this is taking place in the Star Trek universe. This is taking place in the JJ verse. It has that same look and feel as the JJ verse. Yeah, but it's an entirely new ship. It's an entirely new crew. They have their own problems that they have to overcome. Maybe the ship's older because like, you know the Enterprise is you know. Brand new, right off the factory, you know. Yeah. Let's give us an older ship that maybe the engineers a little bit more challenged to keep it up and running. 
know, yeah. that would be something that would be interesting. Like, do you think... But you had to put that Ernest Borgnine character in there in the hall. Oh, kidding. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. I, mean, I guess I, it depends on if that's the route you want to go with it. I... I mean, I would probably go see it, um, as I've seen all the Star Trek films. Right. You know, but um, as, <laughs> like, as as long as it's in this vein, you know what I mean? Because to me, like at some point, you want to keep the Trek universe fresh. Right. You want to keep it fresh in people's minds. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like... If they were to expand the movie universe to having a movie or two, a movie a year, you know, one is the our our characters that we know and love, yeah, and the other is this new group that we're getting to know through these new movies, right? You know, could that succeed or not? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it would reach the non-hardcore fans, and but even the hardcore fans don't like it, so I don't know. Right, because like I mean, like you said, like I said, I mean, you, we've seen it work with TV, but Trek has such a built-in audience, right? That they're going to tune in. Like that's what CBS counted on with 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 Discovery and All Access. Yeah, was like that hardcore audience would be in in, in such a fever to see something new from Trek. That they would spend six ninety nine a month to get the service, right, right, right. You know that's what they were banking on, and in a way they were right, and they won because you know even someone like our friend Stork, who's a hardcore trekker, who was like, I ain't spending six ninety nine a month, gave in and spent six ninety nine a month to see Discovery, right. You know now once Discovery's over, he cancels his subscription and brings it back when Discovery renews. Yeah, but. Still, you're, it's CBS kind of getting a win. Yes. You know, so, like, it intrigues me to, to the point of, like, how how can that audience, that, that built-in audience be utilized to, to keep the, the franchise fresh as you go along? Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. It might work. Yeah. I mean, I, it just it intrigues me because like it's, I mean, Discovery's working, but it, like it's, it's TV. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I get it from a standpoint. And do you of like, take Discovery to the big screen? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question too. Because like the problem becomes like, and I, I think this is this is probably why it works on TV better. Is you have an opportunity to spend time learning who the characters are. It's harder to do that in a movie. Yeah. It's harder to do that, like to have seven characters that are part of a crew that we're following that you get to know over a two-hour movie. Yeah. But, but like now, we already know them. Right. Like, like you could do it with Kirk and McCoy. and No, and with Discovery. With Discovery, yeah. You, you, could, you could, quite make honestly, the leap. make the leap. But... I'm just intrigued to like I don't know it's just something I thought about because it's like man it's, you know you're talking about you know probably five years between you know the last movie and this one and I mean Beyond didn't do that great it did good numbers but it wasn't like 
yeah. a runaway success. And that's unfortunate because it was such a, a good movie. It's much better than even I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It just whoever whoever cut those trailers needs to be fucking flogged. Because <laughs> I mean, the the trailers did not sell me. Like it was just I watched it because it was a Star Trek movie. And after I I saw it, I'm like, fuck, that was really good. So. Like I, I just I, I just I wonder because it's like it's such a long time and like I think the, the average moviegoer is just like Star Trek oh that's around again okay yeah you know I don't know if I'll see that or not <laughs> yeah you know oh. did I miss a movie <laughs> you know I mean, that's honest like that like the yeah because it's the same thing with Star Wars you know I mean the, the, the average moviegoer is like oh there's a new Star Wars movie oh okay yeah I'll go see that. Yeah, you know, it's like they they stumble into the theater. Yeah, like yeah, like in the yeah. days, like I guess I'm supposed to see it because everybody else did. You know. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we're like. Yeah. This is life. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is what we wait for. This is what we talk about. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So moving on. I know we've been Star Wars heavy the past couple weeks because we just go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars is home. But, um, you know, Kathleen Kennedy was asked, you know, because they're they're doing, at this point, I mean, they're they're doing the press for, um, you know, the rise of Skywalker. Right. And um, Kathleen Kennedy was asked flat out if she decided what the next Star Wars movie will be. Okay. Her reply was, no, we've got various things we're looking at and various ways in which we can begin or not. As you can imagine, you know, do you go back? Do you go forward? All these all these questions are being asked. Do we stay in this galaxy? Do we go to another? The universe is never ending. The good news and the bad news, they have endless possibilities. It's liberating, it's exciting, and it creates a lot of pressure and anxiety as well. Um... She reinforced that by kind of saying that, you know, they don't have any... Like, unlike the comic books, they don't have any source material to go by. Which a lot of Star Wars fans were, like, pointing at the legacy books from the 90s and 2000s going, It's right over here. Yeah. It's right over here. Um, As for the future, uh, the Rolling Stone piece mentioned... Above states that the Mandorian creator, John Favreau, will have a lot to say over the future of Star Wars, and that Kennedy's ideal team includes key roles for Michelle Rewan, a producer on Episode 9, and Lucasfilm's senior VP of live action development production, and Dave Filani, the veteran animation director, and George Lucas' protege, who directed the live, live action for the first time with two episodes of The Mandalorian. So, I mean, first off, John Favreau's the—I guess, for lack of a better term—the the creator of the Mandalorian show. Um, you know, in, in the credits, he's credited as the creator, as well as the writer. Yeah. Um. You know, so apparently, like Lucasfilm is very interested in kind of having him maybe be the shepherd of the future of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, 
along with the Michelle Rowan, who I've I'll be honest, I've never heard of her. Okay. You know, I'm I'm you know she's not she's never a name that's come up in the stuff that I've looked at. Um, but also Dave Filani, who like first off, Pittsburgh boy. Yeah. Right there. That's all you need to know. Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, he's the guy who, who um, like I, I was telling you earlier, like he, he's the guy who studied the feet of George Lucas. Yeah. As far as like the creation of the Clone Wars, how the Force works, what the Force is, what the galaxy is, what the empires. You know, he, he was kind of the, the guy who learned from George. Right. But he's also the guy, who, I mean, you know, he did Rebels, you know, so he, he's the guy who, like, more than anybody else that's a part of Lucasfilm right now, probably is the closest tie to to George. Right. And if you're trying to write the ship, if you're trying to appease the trolls, this is the guy you would want as the face of the company. Right. He's the guy that they will accept. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's not a got back enough. Like, I love Dave Filoni. I think he is an amazing storyteller. And I, I loved both Clone Wars the cartoon and I loved the Rebels cartoon. I think I thought it was like for a cartoon, it was wonderful storytelling. Yeah. Like it it didn't hold back. It you know, there was death, there was destruction. It it didn't just because it was a cartoon and it was quote unquote meant for kids. It didn't hold back on what was taking place, right? You know what I mean, which was very satisfying. And it, it he's just a very good storyteller. And so, like putting this guy in charge along with Favreau, who with the Mandalorian is showing one a, a love of Star Wars, um, but two an understanding of how this galaxy works as well. Um, I guess a match made in heaven. I agree. I mean, it's you there's going to be some good shit coming out of this if it stays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, from what we've seen from The Mandalorian, I mean, like, putting this baby Yoda species mm-hmm. in this series was true genius. Yeah. Literally. Oh, yeah. Because not only does it draw us in... But it also draws younger kids in. Do you understand what I mean? But like, I, I also think it, it's something that the last thing I was expecting to see in this show was anything involving the Force. Right. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, now I have the wee baby Yoda. <laughs> and it's like, it raises like so many interesting questions. I'm like, is it a clone? Yeah. Is this an actual member of the species? That got smuggled out somehow, like I, because like the the biggest secret is, what is Yoda? Right. It's never been revealed the name of his species. Even we've only ever seen one other one. That was Yaddle in the first movie. Go Yaddle. Go Yaddle. You know, and if you had that card in the Card <laughs> Trader app, boy, you were pissed. <laughs> but you know, I mean, but it's one of those things where like you know, so you've only ever seen one other version of Yoda. Right. And you kind of like. Like, what the hell is going on here? And I mean, you get to episode two, he's jumping around like a fucking frog, you know, but you get this wee baby Yod, and it's like, first off, adorable. Yeah, it you is. Know? Yeah, yeah. But also, second, it's like, wow, what what is going on? Like, what, 
as a MacGuffin, this is a great MacGuffin. Right. To, like, propel this story. And, like, and you get, like, in, especially in the third episode, like, that's what you got was, like, this becomes, like, the focal point of the show now. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And it, it was so well done. And, like, I'm, you know, Favreau just amazed me. Like, I mean, it was well directed. I mean, and I can't remember the woman's name who directed it. But, like, everybody's, like, you know. Oh, she did a phenomenal job, and I'm I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Like it, it, it looked good. You know, like I mean, I, I think there's, a, I think it's tough to give somebody credit on a show like this because like the visual style is already set. Like all you have to do is follow that visual style. Like I said, I'm not taking away anything away from her as a director. Yeah. But you you have there's a way you have to shoot this, so it all kind of looks the same. Yeah. You know, um, but still like it, it it was wonderfully shot and edited. Um, but I, I also think like, you know, a show like this, you always kind of put more on the, in the hands of like, who's the guy in charge of the writer's room? And that's, that's Favreau. Oh yeah. There's only one name on, you know, written by, it's written by John Favreau. Right. You know, so. Which is key and important. Because there's not like 700 hands in the pot. Exactly. You know. I, you know, like if it's a twenty-two episode show, I get why you have a writer's room, mm. but you have to have that one person who's who's the shepherd of this is what the season arc is. This is how we have to get from A to B to C to D. I need you to write this part. I need you to write this part. Yeah, you know, I get that. That's how you have to do a twenty-two episode show. Yeah, this it's nine episodes. He's written all nine. Yeah, you know, this is his baby. Um, you know, and but he's doing it with a guy like Dave Filani. Who, wow! I mean, he's a he's a producer on the show, and he directed the first episode. He's I have no doubt he's probably heavily involved in. This is what the story needs. This is how we get from here to here to here, right? As well, you know, because he's the guy who's been involved with Star Wars. He's been involved with George for a long, long time. He's like the guide. Yeah, exactly. A good guide. Yeah. So, like, I, if this is the case, if these three people are the people who are going to be in charge of Star Wars going forward, like, I, I, I Kathleen Kennedy's the head of Lucasfilm. I don't mind. I don't. And I don't think she's made bad decisions mm-hmm. per se. Um, for the most part, I, I you know, a couple here and there, you know. But I mean, you know, who knew Josh Trake was a fucking idiot? Yeah. You know, that's a tough one. Who, 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 you know? Yeah, I understand. You were so busy with. The Last Jedi, you forgot to look at it and see what the guys that with Solo were doing and found they were making a fucking slapstick comedy. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff I, I get that kind of, you know, you miss for whatever reason. Right. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we've talked about, you know, we loved the first movie. We loved Rogue One. We loved the second movie. We loved um, Solo. You know, so, like, she's done the right thing going along here. Everything she's put out, I've liked. Yeah. So, Except but I mean, yeah. So I mean, but I mean, like I think put I think not the, her put out, but right. But I, I think there's a there's a difference between having somebody who's the head of, of Lucasfilm. There's a difference between having somebody who is the 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 person who's ushering the franchise moving forward. Right. And I think Filani, um, and and Favreau are the guys who can like this is what the future of Star Wars is going forward. Now that we're done to Skywalker saga. Because that was my biggest complaint is they needed somebody who was like you know this is the overall arc this is how we get from A to B to C they didn't have that with the with the Skywalker movies now they have that going forward it looks like yeah you know 
definitely a uh, definitely key. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just happy he's doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing better than it coming from a fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he's going to be respectful to it. Right. And, I mean, right now, Favreau can do no wrong. No. I mean, the guy, no, he can't. The guy touches something, it turns into magic. Right. I... I that's a lot of power. <laughs> I mean, like, no, seriously. I yeah. mean, like, it's, I, I, I'm still, we talked about this before, not, well, off, off mic, but I mean, right. I'm still bewildered by it. Yeah. That this guy can come out and be like, man. Yeah, the guy who did swingers, this is what he does. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do, you know. Yeah. I'm going to make this Iron Man movie. Yeah. See how and, that goes. And knock it out of the park. Yeah. And pull Downey in. Yeah. And, I mean... And which Downey was not, like, huge. Well, I mean, the problem... I mean, he, he wanted Downey, and, I, I mean, it was one of those things where, like, you know, at the time, the Marvel execs were like, that guy? Isn't he drunk? <laughs> yeah. You know, are you sure about that? I mean, and that was the thing. Like, it it, it was one of those things where it was interesting. Like, he, he went to Shane Black, because Downey was on Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, and had to use Shane Black to reinforce to the Marvel execs that Donnie was good to work with. He wasn't going to be a problem. You know, he, he was a guy that they could rely on. Like, it took Shane Black to convince Marvel for Favreau that Donnie was the right guy. And le- after that, when they went, when he went to go do, um, oh, God, what, the, the one where they were the actors, it was supposed to be, like, they were supposed to be making the Vietnam movie. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't really care. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah. When, when the director from that wanted Downey, and he had to, have to convince the studio that Downey was going to be because he had a reputation at that sure. point. He, and it was Favreau and, and Shane Black who convinced that studio that yes, you can work with them. He's somebody who's reliable. He, you know, he's on the straight and there. Like I mean, the, he had to rebuild that reputation, and it took people like Shane Black and John Favreau to do that for him. Yeah, you know. And I mean, once you get past Tropic Thunder, the word got out that you know, yes, he was. On the straight and narrow, he wasn't a guy who who was unreliable. He wasn't the guy on Chaplin, yeah, yeah, you know, who was difficult to work with. And now you could, he was somebody you could rely on, to, and and was doing good acting work, yeah, you know. And that's led to the the renaissance of Robert Downey, Robert Jr. Robert Jr. Yeah, and I just, and it's so good. Yeah, I mean, you talk about comeback of of the century. Yeah, is Robert Downey Jr. And a guy who, like, I mean, like, it, it was like, he was going to be one of those people who, like, wow, what a wasted talent. Right, right, right. You know? He like, he was on that verge. Yeah, he was. He, he, he was on the, because you looked at his, his body of work and you said, like, even in Chaplin, like, he's phenomenal in that movie. And then you, you know, but he's difficult to work with and he's high and he has his demons and, you know, he's living out less than zero right now. And, you know, you're like, holy fuck, like. What what a what a what a waste! What a downward spiral for such a brilliant person. But yet he's made that renaissance. He's come back and he's stronger than ever. Yeah, you know, and he's you know, if you want to want him to work on your movie, you better back back up a fucking Brinks truck. Yeah, and he's, you know, it's just I, I'm just happy for him. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, and I'm small fry. We're small fries. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, 
But as far as a guy to root for, like he was a guy to root for. Yeah. You know. For sure. And I, just, and I, I, I think, in my opinion at least, for, I mean, I'm not going to say I know the guy or anything, but he seems to have been very humble about it. Yeah, he does. I, I think that the funny thing is about it, too, is like, you know, he not only has he stamped his mark on Iron Man, but he's he's just left this legacy. Yeah. On And this has been my issue, too, is how do you, how does Marvel move forward? Right. Do you know what I mean? he was the linchpin. Not only the linchpin, but I mean, he was, he was the face. Yeah. I mean, he was literally the face of Marvel movies. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't Hulk, wasn't Blade. Right. You know what I mean? It was Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm having. Uh, I've talked about it with the fam too. You know, it's hard to, um, it's hard to get a good like feel for it because it's. When they did these Marvel movies, they brought in some of the strongest characters that you can do, that you can bring in outside of the X-Men, you know. I wouldn't say Fantastic Four are the most powerful people. But I mean, like, there's some X-Men that are pretty fucking powerful. Right, right. But when you made these movies and you you started Endgame and you you brought in the Avengers... Um. You brought in Cap. You brought in Iron Man, and Iron Man not necessarily just the strongest character, but the actor that played him was good. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean at that, at that point too, like the, the things that fans will tell you, like hardcore comic book fans will tell you that Iron Man was a C level character in Martin. Well, in that's Comics. true, and so yeah. were all these characters. Yeah. They were not huge characters. No, they weren't. So. You know, you bring in these characters. I mean, I mean, Spidey was number one forever. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, you bring in these characters, and it's the actor that played him. You brought right. in, you brought in Cap, which is Cap's a big character in the Marvel universe. And then you you put in a great actor that's playing him. Right. That completely pulled off Captain America. Right. Yeah. To the T. Right. I don't think anybody can argue that. No. He pl- he was Captain America. Yeah. Maybe more so than Tony Stark. I mean, he just he embodied Captain Captain yeah, America. Yeah. Not saying that it wasn't Stark, but right. Then you bring in Thor, the most probably one of the most the most one of the most power. He was a god for God's sakes. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Right. One of the most powerful people in in the Marvel universe. Then you bring in Hulk, which is second to Thor. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So you have these huge players. I mean, the only two players that were non, you know, create. I mean, that were, I guess, quote, killable. You know what I mean? In a sense, were really what Widow and and Hawkeye and Hawkeye, which makes this farm scene so much more important. Correct. Um, I I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you love your farm scene, and I do too. Yeah. I think it's great. But um, how do you how do you uh, build from that? Like, how do you move forward? Um, who do you get to replace uh, Cap and, and Iron right. Man? Right, yeah, I, I agree. That, that's Who's going to take that helm? Because it's not going to be strange. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cumberbatch is fucking fantastic as Doctor Strange. Yeah. But it's not going to be strange at the helm. Mm-hmm. Strange is always kind of in the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
conjuring. Right. Like, I mean, it, meddling. It, it, it is the problem that they have is like, you know, who, going forward, you've taken out two of your biggest heroes. And it ain't Falcon. Right. I mean, and who do you kind of replace them with? Who, who becomes, you know, that leader of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Right. You know. And it's not Captain Marvel. It's not, it's not Brie Larson because, I mean, like, that's in another... That's not on Earth. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Who's going to take the helm at Earth? Right. Janet Van Dyne. I know. I, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it should be. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think they're going to do that. No. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Because she would fill the role of one end, and then she would fill the role of... Um, of... Uh, God, what am I trying to say? Widow's End. Yeah. She's that fighter. She's, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it's going to be. I don't right. think it's going to be that. No. Yeah. So anyway. Oh. What's this? What is going on? What's happening? Greg Gatsby's ghost. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Wow. This is special. This is. On air, even. Yeah. Even the dog's in the room. Yay! Thank you. Wow. Wow. That was unexpected. Oh, I got a card and everything. Well, well, put that back and we'll we'll eat that later. Let it it defrost a little bit. You know what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You recognize it. I recognize. Let's do a good look. I got a card here. Yeah, I got a card. I got a card. Let's see here. Oh, I got an old man Yoda. Yeah. Older you have become. I have. Tell me about it, Yoda. So. Oh, that's sweet. Nice little. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cinemark too. Yeah, nice. of course I made. I because I, we like going to that theater. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. why I got that. I pre- thank you very much. I I can't thank you enough. That was very sweet of you guys. That's why we had to hold off for a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So anyway, happy so, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So after that interruption, yeah, after that interruption, wow, unexpected. Yeah. Um, let's, let's dip our Tony old mailbag. All right. Mailbag. The litter box. The I litter had to say it. I haven't said that for a while, and I think I want to watch that movie. <laughs> you know what's rough is, <coughs> I'll tell this tale. Um, so I, I went upstairs. I was up in my bedroom. Going through some stuff, trying to figure out, like, yeah, maybe I want to throw this out. I don't know. But so I'm going through some stuff. Well, you know, as we all know, Dritz is blind. Yeah. And um, he came out of the litter box and he was shaking his back foot. And I oh, thought, no. <laughs> well, you know, hitchhiker. <laughs> he had a hitchhiker. <laughs> and then he puppy scooted across the carpet. Oh, he did. Yeah. Nah. He did. I was like, oh, no, what's going on? And by the time I realized what was going on, I had a streak going across the carpet. I oh, oh. spent a half hour scrubbing that bad boy down. I'd have thrown up. Oh, 
it was rough. I felt bad for the poor guy. Yeah. And he's meowing. He's like, meow, meow. I'm like, oh, Dritz. I'm so Meows sorry. of embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah, because that doesn't happen to Dritz. Yeah. So I felt bad. Mm. Mm. So. <laughs> anyway, there's a fun note from my from my birthday. Yeah. That was your birthday gift from Dritz. <laughs> that was my birthday gift from Dritz. <laughs> he, had a, he had a hitchhiker. He had a hitchhiker. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to trim that back hair now. Yeah. Hey, Dad, take care of this. Yeah. <sighs> so as always, you start my good friend, Super Fan Thad. Okay. Then I said, happy birthday to you. You live in a zoo. No. No, that's quite all right. Um, but thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Sean, you are stupid. When Rudolph was down and Miles was trying to rape him, why was he trying to rape him? What would you do? Miles is the dirtiest player in the NFL. He makes Burfitt look like Mr. Rogers. Uh, no. Let me put Mr. Winky in your funny hole and see what happens. Well, okay, here's the thing, Thad. Look, if you take your Yinzer glasses off for a minute, I'm not condoning what Miles Garrett did. Did at the end. I, I'm not saying whatever. I mean, you know, he accused Mason Rudolph of using a racial slur. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you would have think somebody heard would have heard that. Yeah. Like you think you would have said that maybe Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Like like no, you wait until the appeal to like say, oh by the way, he said. You know, like I, I don't care. Like th- there's nothing you can. Tell me, or because you could say that I could, what we say that well, that condones what Miles Garrett did by hitting Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet. All right. There's nothing that condones that whatsoever. Okay. However, what I am saying is part of this incident is the fault of Mason Rudolph for two reasons. One, Mason was taking some shots, was taking some liberties at the bottom of that pile with Miles Garrett. And two, once his helmet got taken off, he decided to. to Trek into the fray, right? Without a helmet, like he—he's not without fault in this. Like I'm not saying that he should have been hit in the head with a dump. I'm saying he should have been punched in the mouth, right? Like if he would have been—if Miles Garrett would have just thrown a punch, we wouldn't be talking about this right now, right? But instead, Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet, right? That's the problem. He was hit in the head with a helmet, and there's nothing that condones that whatsoever. But. At the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say Mason Rudolph is without fault. Right. He's not a choir boy in this instance. No, not at all, dude. Not at all. And I'm sorry. Like, you could think I'm stupid for thinking that, but I, I'm just looking at it from a pragmatic standpoint of he, he's not without fault. Yeah. You know, like I said, if he would have been suspended a game, I wouldn't have fought it. Right. Like, I wouldn't be mad. Right. He was fined $50,000. That's a game check and a half for him. Right, right. You know, that's a lot of money for Mason Rudolph. <laughs> and you know what? You deserved it. Yeah. So, I, that's all I'm saying on that. Because, I mean, I, I just, I I know there's a whole bunch of people, like Yinzer Nations, like, Ian, do nothing. There's all Miles Garrett. Like, no, it's not true. Look at, look at what happened. Look at him on the ground. Yeah. Continuing on, okay. no, I'm not going to talk about your dream, Thad. That's disgusting. Um, sneaker culture. How about underwear culture? 
I have a pair of Marion Ross's thongs for every outfit I own. Want to see? No, thank you. No. I am with Tim. I wanted to see Ray related to Palpatine. Uh, okay. Whatever. I don't know. Sorry for the short write-in. I needed to go to the Oakmont Bakery and pick up your cake. I had them bake a little person in there so Bridget could pop out one for you. No, that's... No. Next up is our good friend, the Otter, better known as Superfan Tim. Tim writes in, and I doth quote from episode 336. Timestamp four, 40 minutes and 28 seconds. Sean, yeah, I'm talking to you, fucking otter. Ian, yeah. Sean groans. Ray's too powerful. Long groan. She's a girl. I don't like a girl being a powerful person. Fuck. Ian, yeah, I know. I don't understand that either. End of transcription. Read the transcript, America. Read the transcript. Don't be blinded by Sean's fake news. <laughs> this all stems from the fact that last week Otter writes in and things. I lumped him in with the people who don't like Ray, the misogynists, the anti-feminists, all that stuff. Well, I claim you are writing fake news, sir. <laughs> and we're about to prove it. Let's take a listen to what actually happened. This is starting at 40 minutes and 15 seconds, for those of you who want to know, in the episode entitled Blaze of Glory. Okay. I don't get that. Yeah. Like, I don't get how you hate that movie that much. Like, and it's like the complaint, the complaint's like, oh, oh this isn't really Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I'm talking to you, fucking otter. Wow. Maybe if you go back to the beginning of that statement, you realize I'm talking about you being the Not My Luke fan. Not lumping you in with all the other people who don't like Ray. Isn't that amazing? When you go back to where it fucking begins, you get the full story. So maybe CNN should pay closer attention to what the fuck I'm saying. There you go. I love you, Otter. <laughs> I, got, I got a little worked up there. Yeah. But it's true. I'm not lumping Otter in with those people. I, I get because if you play the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, 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 Ray's too powerful. And, uh, she's a girl. I don't like a girl being a powerful person. And, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Fucking Otter. But get remember. that. Yeah. Like, I don't get how you hate that movie that much. Like, and it's like the complaint, the complaint's like, oh, oh, this isn't really Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I'm talking to you, fucking otter. <laughs> proof is in the pudding, my friend. In the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. So, there's the transcript, America. Make sure you read the whole fucking thing. There you go. Anyway, the rest of this is just... More ways to piss Sean off. Okay. Speaking of Sean being wrong, 
fucking giving any credit to Max Kellerman is a disappointing as it gets. In the long, long, ex exhaustive list of sports commentators out there that I can't stand, fucking Max Kellerman is at the top of that heap. Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be a boxing expert. Well, I wish his expertise was from being punched repeatedly in his dumb face by Tyson in his prime. That's a pay-per-view I would lay money down for. Well, I didn't give Max Kellerman any credit. In fact, I said he was a dumbass because he was the one defending Miles Garrett. Okay. He was the one saying Miles Garrett was fully within his right to hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. <laughs> and I said Max Kellerman was pretty much a dumbass for that. Right. I was not giving Max Kellerman any credit whatsoever. Right. And trust me, other than his boxing expertise, I give Max Kellerman as little credit as possible. Fair enough. But please, go back and play that transcript for me. Man, I started playing Fallen Jedi Order a couple of days ago. Finally beat Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Those Tomb Raider games on the next-gen systems have been a ton of fun. Anyway, this Fallen Order game is shaping up to be a lot like Tomb Raider, with a lightsaber. We will see as I go through it, but so far it's been fun. Which gets me thinking. Most all of the Star Wars games are solid. I'm having a hard time thinking about the last one that sucked. And the ones you, you get to wield force, get to wield Jedi powers, are always a fucking blast. Just a lot of childhood goodness. I agree. Most of, most of the Star Wars games are good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think yeah. the last... If you want to go back to one that, that really <laughs> sucked... I would say it was like when they tried to do like a Mortal Kombat version of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fucking bad. And I'm not a huge. I mean, I'm I'm in the minority in this, but I'm not a huge feel um, fan of Battlefield. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I'm just not a huge fan of it. Right. Because um, I know there there's a lot of people love it. Yeah. Um, but I I haven't come across a. Star Wars game that isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, even going back to like X-Wing and TIE Fighter back on the PC systems back in the 90s. They were always good. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, it's time for my new segment, Auto Reviews a Masterpiece. This is where I tell you about a movie I recently saw, whether I liked it, and how many aspects of the film I need to ignore so I can call it a masterpiece. This time it's Captain Marvel. Recently we watched this movie with Beaver, who never saw it. Okay. I really liked it, but nothing stood out as amazing. And it's kind of lost in the momentum with Endgame, close on its heels. I gave it three lapses. That's three things I need to ignore for it to be a masterpiece. The scrolls. I actually, I actually I enjoyed the scrolls being the villains and not refugees. Yeah, I know what they were going for. I don't care. And Lee Pace was underutilized. Agreed. Well. And I hate the scene in the shanty, waiting for the audio to load. Where did that row of shanties come from? I'm going to ignore the shanties. So ignoring those three things, this movie is a masterpiece. Bonafide. 
this is Otter taking a shot at me because we had an argument on Twitter along with Stork about me calling The Last Jedi a masterpiece despite the fact that it does have the casino stuff in it. Mm. Like, I say, if you ignore that, it's a masterpiece. Mm. You know, but it can't be a masterpiece if there's something bad in it. Mm-hmm. Now, I get your point, and I have two words for you. Fuck off. <laughs> nice. Drop the mic. Drake, drop the mic, birthday boy. Because here's the thing. It's my fucking microphone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know. I'll say what I want as outrageous as I want to. Fine with me. That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, this email should su- sufficiently piss piss off Sean. Hey, Ian. You're my boy. Love you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say it's your birthday. Yeah, thanks a lot, buddy. Couldn't even say happy birthday to me. Yeah. No, just out to piss me off. (laughs) Tell you what, shit I put up with. The shit I put up with. (laughs) You know who wouldn't have done this to me? Aunt. Yeah, Aunt. Mongoose would have had my back, not you. You're on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anything you'd like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, son, I'm good. Well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Hey. You can send us an email like uh, these two jagoffs did. Yeah. And that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. And we are also a member of a number of different podcasting networks. Uh, you can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Danger Entertainment Network. Uh, so just give them a Google search and you can find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, of course, we want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. Can't thank you enough for that. Um, Your support is always greatly appreciated. So on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.